You all do me a favor this morning. Hop to your feet and let's honor our dear brother Ivan Tate as he comes to minister to us this morning. Brother Ivan. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. All righty. Appreciate that. Uh, Pastor, thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me come and, and torture the people. Praise the Lord. But I think we do have a video, so let's go ahead and play that. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Can't wait for you all to come there. It's not hot. So keep that in mind. You have to wear a coat at night because we're at almost 8,000 feet. So praise the Lord. Walking with Jesus is a lifetime job. It is not something you can get good at if you do it as a hobby. Christianity doesn't work as a hobby. This has to be an intensely committed, focused journey. Every day you have to learn something new that gives you power over something bad. And so educating yourself is really important because your Christianity is defined by your divine knowledge. If you don't know a lot of things about God, it's very difficult to perceive him correctly. You will misunderstand God. You will misunderstand the Bible. You will m misunderstand the ways of God. So you have to dive in. You have to go deep. You have to go very deep into God in order to totally unlock him and learn everything about him that's going to make you rich and wealthy with the divine riches of heaven. Praise the Lord. You're not mean by accident. You're not hard-headed by accident. You're not troubled by accident. And there are answers and solutions to every problem. Praise the Lord. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I have something to tell you. Shake their hand, look them in the eye, and say, I really need you to pay my house off this week, this week, with no procrastination anymore. This is my bank. This is the time it opens. Obey God. Tell them. Tell them it may happen. Don't be shy. <laughs> so then all ignorance in Christianity makes you food. You become food for the predators of your life. The assigned demons that come with your DNA from your family tree. They are waiting for you to be ignorant so they can take advantage of you and devour you in that area. So you are constantly learning, educating, wherever you're failing, wherever you're frustrated, wherever you're weak, wherever there's not victory, you have to educate your way with divine knowledge out of that place into a place of victory. And so the things we have in the back that we have done 
are aimed at that. The Untouchable series in the back with uh, 11 hours of training is pretty much everything you're going to need about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare comes for many reasons, but it's not being at peace on the inside about something and being troubled, being anxious, being tormented at night, not being able to sleep, having demonic spirits in your home, having spirits on your children, having these terrible things happen in your family that are not of God and should not be happening. Warfare is the constant torment and battles that you have within. So that will clear that up for you. We also have the sequel coming out of that, the 100 Secrets of Winning at Spiritual Warfare. This is 11 hours by itself. By the time you're done with this, you will be very well equipped to help people out of their trouble. And then to stay encouraged every day, and how many of you realize that it's a daily thing that you have to stay encouraged? You're listening to voices all day long, and if the voices you're listening to are not the voices of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to feel futile and negativity. You're going to have all kinds of negative attitudes because you're mentored by your mind. And your mind, if your mind is not constantly having the word of God renew it, then you're going to be thinking thoughts that actually aren't coming from God. They're coming from the devil. And you will be very discouraged. Letters from God is a devotional for every day. God writing you a letter and encouraging you about that day. And refocusing your mind on what God says rather than what the circumstances or the people in your life are saying. Praise the Lord. How many of you would be amazing Christians if there were no people? How many of you would be amazing Christians? Let me see your hands. How many believe I would be like the best Christian in the world if there were no? Remove the people and I'm okay. To all of you that are parents, remember that your children are either your benefactors, they're either the ones that benefit from you, or they are your victims. You as a parent can make your child a victim by being lazy and not taking upon yourself the personal responsibility of raising your own children. Praise the Lord. You can't let the TV do it. You can't let technology do it and games do it. You will lose their soul. The souls of your children are now being pursued by so many evil things that it is very rare for a child today not to be infected by some ideology that can literally send them to hell. So, Letters from God for Children is 52 weeks studying 52 character traits, you as the parent with your children, rebonding, whoever bonds with your children is going to mentor them. And so whoever they're, they're the most emotionally close to, that's who they're actually going to be trained by. It's very important because if their friends are teaching them, who are their friends? And remember, when you have a child that cannot raise his hands in church because of pride and embarrassment, that is the spirit of Antichrist. 
already sitting on your child. A child that's raised in the presence of God, doing this is nothing. Running in church is nothing. Preaching, prophesying, flowing in the Holy Ghost is nothing. But once that Antichrist spirit that comes from unsaved people, mentoring them, undermining the word of God in them, making them embarrassed to stand for what they believe, now you have... A fight, not against just an ideology, but a demonic force behind it. So parents, don't be lazy. So you'll study a character trait every week. Let's say forgiveness. Uh, and you'll learn one scripture on that. And then there's a letter from God for your child in, ch in child language written to your child about forgiveness. And then... Uh, seven questions for the week. What is forgiveness would be Monday. Then you as a non-lazy parent, you're going to get with your children and say, hey, we're going to learn what forgiveness is on Monday. Tuesday, how do you forgive? You studied for the whole week. There's 52 of them. You study them for the whole year. Now you as a parent have learned 52 things. You know 52 verses. And it, you keep doing it till they leave your house. 18, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70. If you have a 50-year-old still at home, tell them we are learning this right now. We're studying laziness this week. Oh, this is get a job. We're learning that. Praise the Lord. The most important thing is we have orphans. My family and I, I have one wife. I've had her for 45 years. And she deserves an Academy Award for living with a person like me. And six children and 17 grandchildren. Love my children so much, but my grandchildren, they're in another level. They walk by and money shoots out of my pants. I buy the same gift three times over because I forgot I already got it for them twice. <laughs> Love is unreasonable. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, but all of our children, all the orphans you see up there, which we are up to about 1,500 in Kenya now. We have 175 in Guatemala, which we totally take care of, and we're moving up our um, ministry in Kenya and we'll be feeding 1,000 children every day, saving, basically saving their lives. And then we'll build in a big house of refuge for the little girls at night to come and stay since they do get violated every night and get pregnant by the time they're 12. We're going to build a big house to just have them come and stay at night and, and protect them because we're in the slums right in the middle of it. Uh, a lot of good stuff, but if you really want to help with orphans, um, these cards are on the table in the back. You take the picture, which is your prayer child, you fill out that card, and then leave it in the back. But don't take them home with you. Uh, I find most people take them home and forget. So if you're really serious, fill it out and leave it here before you leave. That's the best thing. We'll be talking more about that. Praise God. Are you ready? All right, let's go to First Peter in the Bible. And we want to talk about the laws of possessing.
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through prayer, uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Praise God. Say these three words, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. So we're going to talk today and tomorrow. Tonight we begin, there's 14 laws of possessing. Possessing means that you have an inheritance, and these are the secrets that get your inheritance to you. So tell that person next to you, I want my stuff. Tell them, I want my stuff. For example, if you're sitting out there today, and I say to you, uh, I, you have a relative that just left you $10 million. They told me before they died that they had left you $10 million, but they didn't tell me the bank. They, I don't know the bank account numbers. It's somewhere in America. Then you are on food stamps while you have $10 million in the bank. This is Christianity today for a lot of people. You have positionally everything, but experientially very little. Our goal is to teach you how to get your stuff. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, I need my peace. I need my joy. I need my love. How many of you need a little bit more love for somebody? Praise the Lord. You don't want to have as many murderous emotions as you're having. Everything that you need as a human being to fulfill your destiny has already been bought and paid for. Everything you need to not be who you are that you don't like is already paid for. Everything that you need to be who other people don't like is already paid for. Everything you need to not be normal, average, and mundane has already been bought and paid for. Everything you need to be supernatural to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind, to break chains, to shatter the powers of darkness, to drive out the spirits of evil, to get your whole family saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, to have an amazing marriage where your husband is amazing. You already have that. Where you can be the kind of woman that is not controlled by the imperfections of the people around you. Where your moods do not depend on the people on planet earth. They depend on your personal relationship with God. Praise the Lord. In order not to be on Prozac, you need your inheritance. In order not to smoke weed... You need your inheritance. In order not to need liquor, alcohol, cocaine, heroin, in order not to gossip, to cuss, to throw the finger, you need the Spirit of God. In order not to hate people, hate yourself, hate your mother, hate your mother-in-law, hate your children, hate your father, hate everybody, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need your inheritance to be Christ-like, 
is part of what God has provided for each and every one of us. To have supernatural power is part of our inheritance. But if you don't learn the laws of possessing, then it's just in the bank. You never withdraw it. You never enjoy it. And your Christianity becomes a false Christianity. God changes. His image to you changes. He is no longer a wonder worker or a miracle worker because the way you see him controls what he's able to do for you. Your view of God controls the amount of power he's allowed to release into your life. So you don't want God to look small. You don't want a God that doesn't heal people. That's a very small God. You don't want a God that doesn't perform miracles since you need him so bad. You don't want a God that doesn't have the power to actually change a human being miraculously where they become a totally new creature. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. You don't want a God that can't pay your house off. Go ahead and tell somebody there it is again. Pay my house off. Praise the Lord. You want a God in your life that can do everything that he has promised you and that you can experience what he has promised you before you die and go to heaven. Everybody, therefore, must understand the journey you're on. Exodus 2, 22 and 23, very powerful scriptures. Everybody here was born. No hatchings. Born. You had a biological father, a biological mother, whether you know them or not. They contributed to you. When you came out, we all came out the same. We came out of there, and we started screaming. They whipped us, abused us, <laughs> turned us upside down, and then we just screamed. And this is life. Screaming. Because you were born a little sinner. A tiny, tiny little sinner that must have what he wants when he wants it. Screaming in the middle of the night. Yelling for your food. Getting angry where you don't get it. Saying no, no, no. Rebelling. Looking at the thing while they're saying no. <laughs> the little sinner in there is alive and well. And you don't stop being a little sinner just because you say so. You're a little sinner when the TV is on and bad things come on and a little sinner inside wants to watch. When somebody offends you, you talk bad about them because the little sinner in there wants to talk bad. You cuss because it makes you feel good because you feel there's an anointing to cussing. It's a better way of saying things because the little sinner feels that. Praise the Lord. You have affairs because that sinner wants to have an affair. You run off on somebody because of that. You beat somebody up. You yell at somebody. You abuse somebody. You feel sorry for yourself. All of that is the DNA that's cursed. And that is your inheritance from Satan. So everybody's born... In the world, and in the world, and in the Bible, the world is compared to Egypt. Egypt is a form of the world, and Pharaoh is a type of the devil, and the taskmasters with whips 
are your bad habits that you've inherited and evil tendencies that are inside of you that drive you crazy. If you do not deal with this, then you become an Egyptian Christian. Meaning you believe the Bible and the gospel, but you are still totally in the world, of the world, and love the world. You have changed your title, but not your lifestyle. And all you will ever get from the world is slavery. Everybody in Egypt is a slave. There are no free Egyptians. Everybody is a slave. If you stay under the power of Pharaoh, the devil, if he is the prince of the power of the air and you're under his authority, then he is going to control and lead you to some type of bondage and some type of slavery. So God's first agenda is to get you out of the world. But a lot of Christians don't ever come out. They simply paste on a new title. Praise the Lord. So these people are very dangerous because they still act like the devil, believe in the devil, live like the devil, and walk like the devil, and they may even claim to be saved. But the fruit determines the tree. Praise the Lord. A lot of you may think you're saved, but you're actually lost. You just have the title of a Christian, but you haven't left Egypt. And Pharaoh is still active in your choices. Praise the Lord. Didn't feel the love of God on that, so I'm going to go over here and talk to myself. Praise God, Ivan, that was amazing. You freaked everybody out. You just can't say stuff like that. You're in Indiana. These people are packing. Watch out. Oh, God. So then as you sit there as an Egyptian Christian, you, it's, it hurts you to hear what I'm saying because... The world in you doesn't like to be exposed. And so when you walk with Jesus, you open your heart to the light. When you don't walk with Jesus, you protect yourself from the light. Because anything that wants to take away your candy and your fun, you consider an enemy. Well, you will never truly be happy if you don't get your stuff. You have an inheritance. It belongs to you. It is bought and paid for. You don't have to be unhappy, and you don't have to be defeated. There's two kinds of Christians. The ones that say, I have a blessed life. I'm blessed everywhere. My business is blessed. I'm totally out of debt. My house is paid off. My children are paid off. Everything's paid off. Everybody's saved in my family. My mother saved. Grandmother saved. Grandfather saved. Great, great, grandfather All my children are saved. They're all preachers. They're all preaching. They're all missionaries. They give me money. They bought me my house. They paid for my car. They did my day. They love me everywhere I go. There's that Christian. Then you have the other one. Oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so unhappy. I'm so sad. I need Prozac. I need other Zacks. I need every kind of Zack. I need this. I need that. Give me Zack. You got a new drug. Give me that drug. You got good pot. I want pot. You want this. Can I smoke pot? I'm going to sleep around over here. Sleep around over there. I want to do that. Or I hate everybody. I hate everybody. I hate myself. I hate people. Shut up. <laughs> then you have that Christian. 
two totally different lives, two totally different experiences, because one, one has accessed their inheritance, and the other one is just mad because they can't. That can't is what we want to remove so that you will know how to do it. Fourteen things that we're going to show you, seven tonight and seven on Monday, and this will unlock your inheritance, and you will begin to take charge of all the things God has left for you to live in, to walk in, and to freely enjoy. Praise God. Joshua 13.1 says it like this, There remains much more land for you to possess. There remains much more land for you to possess. Go ahead and tell that to somebody next to you. Say, there's a lot more. Say, there's a lot more. Say it in this way. Look at two or three people say, there's got to be more. So if you don't know how to possess your, your possessions and get out of Egypt, then you're an Egyptian Christian. And the second thing you can be is a wilderness Christian. Wilderness Christians are actually out of Egypt. They've been saved. But they're very hard-headed people. The only reason they were in the wilderness as long as they were is because they wouldn't learn their lessons. If you don't learn what God wants to teach you, you don't like graduate because of age. Like here, if you turn 17 and you're in first grade, they're moving you on. <laughs> but in God's kingdom, if you're 90 and in first grade, you don't go to second grade till you learn your first lesson. God doesn't tell you a second thing until you obey the first thing that he told you to do. After that, you're just making things up and blaming God for telling you those things. But in reality, he's not telling you anything because you haven't learned the first thing he told you. What happens if you're a wilderness Christian and you don't learn your lessons? You just keep going around in circles and your body parts fall off. What does this mean? Body parts fall off? Yeah, after disobeying the voice of God so much, your eyes fall out. Now you can't see God. Your ears go deaf. Now you can't hear God. Your hands fall off. Now you can't grasp him. Your feet fall off. Now you can't walk with him. Now you're a totally disabled Christian, 100% dysfunctional, that God has no longer anything to say to except repent. Praise the Lord. Look at someone next to you and say, I'll take $100 if you can't do my house. <laughs> but let's begin somewhere. You owe me $183, i will take $100. We got to get something out of this service. I don't know what he's talking about. Think about it. Your Christianity up till today could possibly be totally false, except for ideology. Your experiences with God up till today could actually not be true. They could be false because you're not walking in the blessings and inheritance that God actually has given you because you don't know how to access your wealth. 
That means you can be a poor Christian with a very big inheritance. Poor in that you can't love certain people. Poor in that you're still greedy. Poor in that you really have a problem forgiving certain people. Poor in that you never share your faith with any lost people. Poor in that you can't get anything healed. Poor in that no one gets delivered in your presence. Poor in that you still have nightmares, which no Christian should have. Matter of fact, if you if you have nightmares, stand up real quick. If you have nightmares, stand up. And let's break those nightmares over you right now. And remember this principle. If you conceal it, you keep it. If you reveal it, God heals you from it. Why would you cover up having nightmares? Because this is nothing. Half of you need to stand up. Nightmares is satanic prophecies in your sleep. It's Satan prophesying to you his will and his plan. Get that off you. Get that off you. Get it off you right now. Get it off you right now. Get it off you right now. Say, I'm not going to have nightmares after this prayer. I'm going to get delivered from nightmares. See, this is the part of Christianity that's difficult. When you don't have possession of a divine substance, you must act. You must become a pretender. And so the Holy Spirit can't bless pretending. He can only bless sincere surrender. Praise the Lord. So I'll just say it kindly one more time. There's about 30 more of you that should stand and get delivered from nightmares. Praise the Lord. I'll just see what happens. Glory to God. Now, as people stand and you're sitting down in the greatness of your holiness, would you stretch your hands out to them and let's pray a prayer of deliverance over nightmares. Number one, nightmares come from being exposed to darkness. Darkness comes from movies that are bad, books that are bad, and personal experiences that you've gone through that are bad. Also, nightmares come if you have messed around with the occult, had anything to do with witchcraft, been involved in any kind of uh, fortune tellers or horoscopes or Ouija boards. All those connections will immediately open your home up to demons. And if you watch pornography and pay for it, now you're tithing to Satan and you are giving him authority to send demons to your children. So church is about reality. It's not about lying. Praise the Lord. So everybody say this prayer with me. I repent for anything I've done to let things into my mind through my eye gate and my ear gate. I renounce all darkness, all evil. I command all nightmares to be broken over my life, to leave my life, to exit my family, and to get off of my children. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Praise God. Everybody say hallelujah. Now, we are going to be ministering to a lot of people tonight and Monday night. Lots and lots and lots of people in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I want you all to understand that 
We are on a journey. Your Christianity cannot stall. You cannot park in Christianity. You can't just take a break. You can't ever do that because God lives in motion. Satan lives in reverse. But God lives in forward motion. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, move, heifer, move. Go ahead and... The, so if you're in Egypt, you're going to be tortured by yourself. If you're in the wilderness, you're going to be tortured by never seeing any progress in your life. You're just going to keep going around in circles. But in the promised land where your promised life is, that's the only place we can be. So here in, in Egypt, we're slaves. In the wilderness, we're a patient on a gurney, having God cut you open to take Egypt out of you. First, he gets you out of it. Then he gets it out of you. And this prepares you to be a warrior because only warriors can go into the promised land. Everybody raise your hands and say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be a warrior and I'm headed for the promised land. Come on, everybody. Lift your hands up and take a praise break right now and say, praise God. I'm going to the promised land. Come on, make some noise. <coughs> I'm going. Say it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to the promised land. Say it. I'm going. I am moving on. I am getting up. I am getting unstuck. And I am moving to the promised land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus. Hallelujah. I know it's hard for some of you to hear somebody scream like that <laughs> because you've never done it. But then again, I may not be in the same location spiritually that you are at. For example, if you have a child and they're sick and they tell you they're going to die and God heals that child, you will change. You won't just sit in church and go, No, you won't. And if you die and you've been a sinner your whole life and on your deathbed, Jesus drags you out of the jaws of Satan and takes you to heaven where you don't belong. And all of a sudden you're there. How do you think you're going to react? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. All of a sudden you're in heaven. You realize everything you believe was all a lie. And you're in heaven, and you weren't supposed to be there, but at the last couple of seconds, you decided, maybe I'll do what my wife said. Hey, Jesus, save me. Come into my life. Uh, forgive me. Uh, cleanse me. Uh, I repent. And you have billions of people like that showing up at the same time. Well, how do you think they're going to act? You think they're going to be all quiet and, oh. I made it to heaven. How interesting. 
I guess I was wrong. Or are they going to run all over you, jump on your head, fly from mountain to mountain, jump, scream, yell, freak out? Because heaven is a riot, ladies and gentlemen, because it is filled with miracles. Everybody in heaven is a miracle. And every miracle changes you and makes you shout. And your inheritance is full of miracles waiting to happen to you. You deserve miracles, you deserve breakthroughs, you deserve deliverances, and you deserve the hand of God on you. Praise the Lord. Pastor, I forgot what time this service ends. So normally the service ends at what time? All right, Pastor. All right. Let me end this with this. Because think about it. What's your Christianity like, everybody? What's your experience? How many miracles? How many deliverances? How many signs and wonders? How many things in your Christian life that you could say, that's a miracle, 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 that's a miracle. Or is it all... You just sitting there stubbornly believing because there's nothing better. I mean, Christianity has the best insurance plan. So just for that, you can join. And you say, well, I really don't need it down here. But if I die, I'm going to need my insurance plan. So you're just coming to renew it. But this is not what God has for you. He has an inheritance based on your destiny. Say it out loud. I have a destiny. And the devil can go. Where? Oh, great. Thank you for saying it because I didn't say it. Okay, sweetie, I didn't say it. They said it. I didn't say it. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that great? You all cussed. I didn't. You're amazing. So in the Bible are listed groups of people who will never get their inheritance. Do you want to be one of those? Do you want to keep living your life in a way where you need things of the world? Like you need somebody to love you. This deep drive to be loved by someone can actually destroy your life. You have to get to the place where the love of Jesus is enough. And whether your husband loves you or doesn't love you, whether your wife loves you or doesn't love you, it doesn't wreck your world because you are loved. And from that position, you can love people unconditionally because you're not loving them because they're loving you. This is part of your inheritance. Praise God. How many of you would like to stop being offended? Yeah, because some of you are mad right now. You're mad right now just from driving from your house here. Those stupid people almost killed us. What's wrong with them? I hate them all. They're all a bunch of crazy people here. My God, I'm moving. Go to Chicago. That'll straighten you out. I drove from there to here. That'll fix you. 
I'm driving down the highway one day, da 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 da, and I'm past a man, and because he's going real slow, I passed him. While I passed him, he threw me the finger, and I noticed it was one of my deacons. <laughs> Turned to seven people and say, "Holla, holla, baby! That's a hot enchilada right there." Knowing he was about 78 with a heart problem, I looked in my mirror and he was crying. I went around, followed him. He pulled over. I came up to him and I said, "God, you got to give me a word of wisdom, or this man is going to have a heart attack because he loves me so much." But he threw the finger before he saw my face. <laughs> But he threw the finger in such a way that I knew it wasn't his first time. Oh no! This deacon of mine—he was a finger thrower. He did it with such precise skill, just the way he snapped his hand and everything. I mean, he just—I mean, it could have killed me. So I said, "Lord, I need a word of wisdom." So I'm walking up to the car, and he's heaving. Even he literally has a heart problem, and I look in the window, and he's. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I said, "Man, I'm glad you did it, because I was about to do it to you." Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. This was my word of wisdom. Praise you, Jesus. He said, "Really? You were about to do it?" I said, "No, but I just thought I'd make you feel better." It's not the end of the world. What's your life like? What's your life like? How happy are you? What makes you weep? What is it that hasn't changed in so long that it's literally sucked the joy out of your soul? What is going on in your marriage that you can't tell anybody about? How much do you worry about your children that they might not even go to heaven unless God does a miracle? Your inheritance is to have every member of your family related to you by blood saved. Say it out loud. Every member of my family, related to me by blood, saved. Say it out loud. Saved. That's the plan of God. Praise the Lord. I'll end with this, and then we'll pray. But remember, don't miss tonight at six o'clock because we're going to begin to minister personally. To you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord! It's going to be a miracle, miracle time in the Lord. The Bible tells us these things: the backslider in heart will not inherit anything. What is that? A person who is determined to gratify the lusts and desires of their flesh, they will not inherit it because they're possessed with that need to fulfill. 
that obsession. So if that's you, you need to repent. Say, God, deliver me. Because if you don't help me, I can't stop this. Praise the Lord. Two, people with itching ears will not inherit because they search for preachers that will tell them that the bad things they do are okay. The Bible tells us people who build their homes on sand that shifts or beliefs that waver, they will not inherit. Praise the Lord. Those that are easily deceived and embrace deception, they will not inherit. Those that live in the shallow water that freezes first, they will not inherit their possessions. And there's seven more. But I want you to think about this. Tonight I give you seven. Monday I give you seven. If you learn those 14 things, this is my 50th year of being a preacher. I'm not just practicing. You will change your future. Within 30 days of this, your entire Christianity will be different. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody next to you and say, I believe that during this service, you have lost 25 pounds. Glory to God. Wow, it's a miracle. Come on, everybody. Say it. It's a miracle. I love this church. 25 pounds right off the cheek, right off the leg, right off the holla holla. Boom. Say, Ivan, I'm not sure I don't understand your style. This is how you preach when you don't have religion inside you. I don't have religion. So, I don't know how to be religious. And it's so much work to be perfect. Praise the Lord. Better just to let God change you. Close your eyes for a moment. Put on my music. And I want you to think about your future. Church like this one, Living Stones Church, is dedicated to your growth. It's dedicated to your happiness and your healing, your deliverance, your equipping. It's dedicated to you being loved as a person, celebrated as a human being. This is a multiracial church because in heaven there are no other types of churches. All racism sends you to hell. And all racism is, is when one person believes that one color is superior to another color, and that will send you to hell. In heaven, everybody is equally priceless. And in the church of God, God's church, everyone is equally priceless. But some of you may not be sure you're going to go to heaven. You may be sitting there right now and saying, you know, I'm not 100% sure that if I died today, that I would actually go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. No one can give you peace about going to heaven except God. If he doesn't do it, then you're not going to have it. It is a miracle that happens. 
that God takes peace and puts it in your heart so that you know that whenever you die at whatever age, when you die, you will go to heaven. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you want to go to heaven when you die, if you want God to put peace in your heart about it, if you're not 100% sure, all I want you to do right there where you're sitting right now, very simple, all I want you to do is lift your hand right now, high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you. Oh, my gosh. Look at all those hands, Lord, going up. Stretch them so heaven can see it, and you can settle this for the rest of your life. I just want you to stand to your feet right there and let me pray for you quickly if you lifted your hand. Let heaven see you stand and say, I need to be right with God. I see about 67 people, 41 in the first service, and we're going to pray right now. If anyone is still sitting and you are not 100% sure you're going to go to heaven, I'm going to ask you one more time to simply stand to your feet and say, I should have stood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody standing, everybody sitting, let's say this prayer together. Dear God in heaven, I repent for my sins. I renounce Satan. I renounce his plan for my life. And instead, I choose Jesus, God's plan for my life. Come into my heart, God. Take all the darkness out and fill me with the light. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. So that when I die, I will go to heaven. I believe in you. I'm going to serve you and follow you. I'll be your disciple. And thank you for the miracles you will do today. And the miracles you will do tomorrow. I won't be lazy. I'll pursue you with all my heart and all my strength. In the name of Jesus. Just remain standing for a second. All of you that are sitting, would you celebrate their choice right now and give them a hand and say, we celebrate that you have peace with God, that the devil is a liar, that the devil is defeated, and that your curses are broken, that your failure is broken, that your pain will be healed, that your sorrows will flee away, that joy will come back and every chain that has been on you will be broken and shattered for the rest of your life in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody, let's just give God a praise.